0: The title of this morning's message is Semper Reformanda, subtitled, It's Still Reformation Day. Semper Reformanda, it's still Reformation Day. October 31st came and went, but it's still Reformation Day. 1.3 billion Roman Catholics are still perishing under Catholicism's Antichrist Pope antichrist priests, antichrist sacraments, antichrist catechism, and antichrist idols today. All around the world, Catholicism's heretic priests are blaspheming Christ and his gospel with their abominable transubstantiated idol that will be both worshiped and eaten for justification at mass today all around the globe. Our Idolatrous Catholic friends are praying to Mary while holding their Mary beads, lighting their Mary candles, bowing before their Mary statues, and squeezing the Mary medallions hanging around their necks, blasphemously asking their co mediatrix to exercise the power of her, quote, saving office on their behalf. Today, heretic. Priests are sprinkling unrepentant, unbelieving babies with unholy water and declaring them regenerated, born again, cleansed of original sin, and dwelt and sealed with the Holy Spirit as eternal members of Christ's universal church at this very hour. Dear saints, every day is Reformation Day until Rome is no more. Semper Reformanda, always reforming. So much of the Reformed Church has touted and celebrated and preached "simper Reformanda as an admonition to born-again Christians, Bible-believing Christians, genuine gospel-adhering Christians to continue to study to show themselves approved, to be washed with the water of the Word, and to be like Bereans, testing what they're hearing by the Word of God. And those are worthy admonitions. But the original meaning of Semper Reformanda... And the main meaning of Semper Ephraimanda must always be centered around the main thing. And the main thing is the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. That is the main thing, saints. And that gospel has been under assault from the church of Rome, Satan's church, the devil's own cult. Century after century after century, and that precious gospel, the good news of salvation by grace alone, through faith alone, in Jesus Christ alone, to the glory of God alone, is still under attack today by that heretic pope in Rome by the name of Francis and all of his heretic bishops, and all of his heretic priests, and tragically, all of the adherents of Roman Catholicism. A vast portion of mankind on the planet. Will we not be incensed? Will we not be like Paul in the Athenian square and be incensed? seeing their many idols, seeing their statues to their false gods, will we not be incensed? Will we not be compelled to proclaim the one true God? It is to our shame that we dare celebrate Reformation Day while doing so little reforming work. It is to our shame that we would dare celebrate The battle historically fought by faithful men and regale God's saints with the valiant tales of those battles when we are so unwilling to fight. Far more Catholics are perishing today than we're perishing in the time of the Reformation. Do you understand that? There were not a billion Catholics on the planet in Luther's day, in Zwingli's day, in Huss's day, Catholicism is alive and well. And the vast majority of the church, evangelical, biblical, Bible, Lutheran, Reformed, whatever flag they're flying, they've called off the battle with Rome. They're at peace with Rome. The vast majority of churches are ignorant As to the heresies of Rome. And if you showed up in the parking lot on the Lord's Day and interviewed them as they came out and asked them, are Roman Catholics our brothers and sisters in Christ? Yay or nay? They wouldn't be able to answer with clear biblical conviction. Do Roman Catholics go to heaven when they die? Yes or no? They would not be able to answer with clear biblical conviction. It would be a sad minority that could speak with clarity and say, no, of course not. They'll not be in heaven unless they repent of Catholicism's many heresies and believe upon the true Christ and His true gospel. A great many would say, I'm not sure. And many would say, yes, of course they'll be in heaven. We have our differences, but yes, of course they'll be in heaven. For many, many, Professing Christians and even genuine Christians are unclear about the heresies of Rome because their pastors have failed them. They have failed to equip them. And they see the Roman Catholic Church as just a different donut. Their own church where they attend on a weekly basis, their church is the maple frosted donut, of course. It's a glorious maple bar. That's why they're there. But they see the Catholic Church as a chocolate donut. It's a donut nevertheless, not the donut they prefer. They pass that one on by. But it's a donut nevertheless. And as I illustrated last week, and let me do it once again, it is no donut at all. It is a flaming pile of poisonous demonic poo. It is no donut at all, chocolate or otherwise. It is right out of hell. And to partake of it will damn your soul. We need clarity if we're going to love God as we should. We need clarity if we're going to love our Roman Catholic perishing neighbors as we should. We need clarity if we're going to avoid blaspheming God and the gospel by joining Roman Catholics in prayer as so many professing Christians do. We're going to need clarity if we're going to avoid blaspheming God and the gospel of Jesus Christ by worshiping with Roman Catholics. As Doug Wilson, the wolf in sheep's clothing in Moscow, Idaho, is happy to do. Happy to worship with Roman Catholics in a public worship protest, hymn sing protesting COVID tyranny. And then happy to mock those who would say, what is this? What are you doing? Worshiping in a hymn sing with Roman Catholics who do not bend the knee to the one true Christ, who do not believe the one true gospel. They bend the knee to a wafer, Jesus, and eat the wafer, Jesus, for justification. That's idolatry and a false gospel in every mass service. Why are you hating our Roman Catholic neighbors so? And that's what it is. It's hatred to pray with them as if they are believers. It's hatred to worship with them as if they can worship singing the same hymns we sing. When they are estranged from Christ, having attempted to be justified by law rather than grace. Oh, we are in desperate need of simper reformanda. It is still... Reformation Day. What does the Holy Bible say? Galatians 1, verses 6 through 9. What does it say to such heresies coming into Christ's church, such compromise coming into Christ's church? What does it say? Galatians 1, 6 through 9. Mind you, this is the Apostle Paul uniquely coming to the door of the church by force, kicking the door open and coming in inflamed with Holy Spirit passion for the purity of the gospel and for the souls of the men and women there this is not a mild-mannered man appealing to mild-mannered men to be more mild-mannered about the gospel to be more winsome that some might be reached no this is the spirit of god compelling the apostle paul that Christ's church might be purified Galatians 1, 6-9, I marvel that you are turning away so soon from Him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel, which is not another, but there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let him be accursed." As we have said before. So now I say again if anyone preaches any other gospel to you than what you have received, let him be accursed. That is the double anathema. I marvel. I marvel that we have such peace with Rome. I marvel that professing Christians will pray with Roman Catholics. I marvel that we would dare to worship with them and invite them to said worship services. Doug Wilson, Christ Church, Moscow, Idaho. I marvel that men invite said heretic, said wolf in sheep's clothing, to their conferences. I marvel that you go speak at their conference, Bodie Bauckham. The compromise is vast, saints. I marvel that you dare quote such a man who is happy to worship with Roman Catholics, who is happy to call them brothers and sisters in Christ, John MacArthur. I marvel that we are not protecting God's saints from obvious wolves in sheep's clothing, reformed sheep's clothing. Oh, I'm reformed. Look at my great big reformed flag. I fly it daily, I fly it big, I fly it bold. But I call G.K. Chesterton, perhaps the most famous Catholic apologist ever, a brother in Christ. And I pronounce him saved and in heaven now that he's long dead. He's in heaven despite, says Doug Wilson, despite his rejection of salvation by faith alone in Jesus Christ and his finished work alone. He's saved despite his rejection of the gospel. I marvel at the vast compromise taking place in the so-called reformed, biblical, Calvinistic, gospel-preaching church, taking place with Dr. James White and Jeff Durbin as they champion Doug Wilson. I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you to the grace of Christ to a different gospel, which is not another. But there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. Doug Wilson is a troubler, He is a troubler and those that consort with him, those that promote him, those that platform him, those that sell his books, those that share his videos are troublers with him. There are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. Doug Wilson says, oh, I believe the gospel. I believe the gospel. I believe salvation is through faith in Jesus Christ. I also believe that those who don't believe the gospel, those who are ardent enemies of the gospel, are saved despite their rejection of the gospel. Hear me. If you make a statement like that, you do not believe the gospel. Let's keep it simple. Mark 1.15, Jesus speaking repent and believe the gospel. You do not believe the gospel if you have not repented of, wait, this is profound theological truth. This is coming from the ivory tower, high and lofty, down to you simple saints. You do not believe the gospel if you have not repented of the false gospel of Rome, of Mormonism, of the Jehovah's Witnesses, of Islam, or any other false gospel. Is that really ivory tower? No, it's the simplicity and glory of the gospel. It's the simplicity and glory of logic. You don't believe that which you don't believe. If you believe this and it's contrary to that, then you don't believe that. If you believe Jesus is the wafer, you don't believe in the Jesus who said to die. It is finished, bowed his head, gave up his spirit, ascended, and is seated at the right hand of God as the one mediator between God and men. You have an idol. And G.K. Chesterton was an idolater, an adherent to the mass, a worshiper of the wafer. He has a false Christ. He is an idolater. And he has a false gospel. He trusts in that wafer, the eating of the wafer, for justification and infused righteousness. Oh, dear saints, Doug Wilson is not ignorant. He is fully and utterly aware. And yet he comes with another gospel that is not another. saying you both can believe the gospel and be an enemy, an ardent enemy, a professional enemy, an actual apologist for Rome, and be saved despite your rejection of the gospel. What does that do to our missionary zeal for Roman Catholics? What does that do to our evangelistic zeal for our Roman Catholic friends and neighbors? If G.K. Chesterton is a brother in Christ, now in heaven, despite his rejection and enemy status toward the gospel of Jesus Christ, then what about the average Catholic in your life? Friend, mother, brother, sister, cousin, coworker, boss? What about them? Well, surely they're probably saved too, right? If G.K. Chesterton is. Oh, but not just G.K., Doug Wilson goes much further, oh yes. J.R. Tolkien. J.R. Tolkien is also pronounced to be a brother in Christ by Doug Wilson. And why? Because he denied the false gospel of Rome? Because he denied the, the false Christ of Rome, the wafer? Because he denied Mary as a co mediatrix? Because he believed in the true Christ and the true gospel? No, no, Doug Wilson likes J.R. Tolkien's writings. He enjoys his writings and he makes a basic profession of faith as all Catholics do. They say they believe in God. They say they believe in Jesus Christ. They express some level of faith. The only problem is they have the wrong Jesus. And their faith is not in Christ alone, even if they had the right Christ, but they have a wrong Christ. And then they have faith mixed with works. All seven sacraments. And if the seven sacraments don't cut it, if they didn't do well enough in those, they didn't do well enough in their works, then they have, of course, purgatory, which is a blasphemy of Christ to tell us die. All seven sacraments and purgatory are a blasphemy of Christ to tell us die. Thus, J.R. Tolkien, a good Roman Catholic, is not a brother in Christ, is not in heaven. And yet, Doug Wilson, a supposed reformed champion of our day, whom Vody Bauckham just went and sat with, at Christ Church in Moscow, Idaho, talking about missions. Hear me, saints. Do I sound a bit put out? I am. What about the mission to 1.3 billion Catholic souls? What about that mission? Doug Wilson says, if G.K. Chesterton, if J.R. Tolkien, and if C.S. Lewis aren't in heaven, then he's not going to make it either. Now, you may not be aware because C.S. Lewis is considered a champion of the faith. C.S. Lewis was a pseudo-Catholic, also a mystic. He did not believe in the atonement. He did not believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross to literally pay for our sins, taking the fullness of the wrath of God in our place. Thus, Our sin is imputed to Him. His righteousness is imputed to us. And there is now, therefore, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because He took the condemnation that our sins deserve. No, He rejects the substitutional atonement of Jesus Christ. And He reinvents the atonement. He assaults the cross and the work of Christ and thus the gospel of Christ. And He was a friend of Rome. If you're not aware... C.S. Lewis was, in fact, a heretic by his own writings, by his own words. It's not debatable. It's fact. And yet, oddly enough, Doug Wilson singles out G.K. Chesterton, a champion Roman Catholic apologist, J.R. Tolkien, just an average Roman Catholic, but a committed Roman Catholic, and C.S. Lewis, a pseudo-Catholic, mystic, heretic, as men who are his brothers in Christ, most certainly now in heaven. And if they're not in heaven, he doesn't know if he's going to get there. And yet we keep promoting, platforming, quoting, partnering with Doug Wilson. I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel, which is not another. But there are some who trouble you And want to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we, or an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. That is an anathema upon anyone. Paul says, even me, or any of the rest of the apostles, or even an angel from heaven. If they come and bring another gospel, let them be accursed. Let them be anathematized. Let them be under the anathema, the judgment of God. Doug Wilson is under the anathema of God. He has brought another gospel. Not once, not twice. He brings it consistently and ardently, pronouncing Roman Catholics, brothers and sisters in Christ. Not just those three, but broadly. Inviting them to worship alongside him. He is a counter-reformer. He is an enemy of the gospel. He is an open door, an usher for Rome. But even if we are an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. Why is Doug Wilson still received as if he's an angel from heaven? As if he's an, an apostle in reformed robes? Tragically, for many, I fear it's monetary. For others, I fear they have no genuine allegiance to Christ themselves. It's all professional religiosity. And for some, for some, they look to the others and they say, well, if they're not going to stand, surely it can't be that serious. If they're still calling him a friend, despite this gospel that he's bringing, that is not another, the gospel that says you can reject Jesus Christ seated at the right hand of heaven and worship the Jesus Christ in the wafer and still be saved. The gospel that says you can reject the finished work of Christ on the cross and salvation through Jesus alone, faith alone, and rather believe in the ongoing work of Jesus in transubstantiation, being re-crucified in a non-bloody manner, every mass and eaten for justification, that those guys are still good too. But even if we are an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel to you, than what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. I call... I call James White, I call Jeff Durbin, I call Josh Bice to stand up like men and be reformers and stop quoting and consorting with an enemy of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Stop platforming an enemy of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I call Phil Johnson to stop calling him a friend that he is not going to write off because he's so pithy in his writings. Despite his profane mouth. Despite the perverse things he says about women. Despite his perverse gospel. And the perverse things he says about the gospel of Jesus Christ. I call for Simper Reformanda in our day. But even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you than what you have received, let him be accursed. Will they not stand up? Will they not speak clearly? Will they not defend the gospel they have championed for decades? Why will we allow this enemy in Christ's house? In our day, Why do we refuse to pronounce anathema upon him? Oh, that God's spirit would move in his church. You might wonder what has ignited this fire. Well, let me tell you. I've been exposing Doug Wilson for some years, and I still have dear brothers whom I love who will not stand up against him, who will not speak out against him, who will not expose the wolf and sheep's clothing in our midst and other brothers that I love who still consider him a fine teacher, despite his profane mouth, despite his book titled Ride, Sally, Ride, about a sex robot, complete with filth, as you would imagine, despite him calling unsaved women just a couple of worst word for female anatomy, you can imagine, plugged in there, despite this being the norm with Doug Wilson, In print, in writing, published, defended. Despite the fact that Jude warns us that these enemies, these black clouds, these false teachers come with perversion and a false gospel. And Doug Wilson is both a pervert and a minister of a false gospel. We still promote him, defend him, platform him, quote him. Call him a friend. And he's just too pithy to give up. I didn't see that in Galatians 1, 6 through 9. Unless they're pithy. Whether I or an angel from heaven or any other come with another gospel, let them be anathema unless they're pithy. Hear me. If you say the filthy, perverted things that Doug Wilson has said about women, you are not qualified for the ministry of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You are woefully unqualified. What you're qualified for is to be rebuked and to call to repentance and to be put out of Christ's church until you repent. And when you repent, you can sit in the back. You are no teacher. You are no pastor. And that's just on the issue of his perversion. Now, when it comes to his theology, It's not aberrant, it's not questionable. The man is a heretic. He is an enemy of the gospel of Jesus Christ. This last week, I was laboring to ignite the Reformation fire on social media, trying to reach the broader church, encourage brothers and sisters, reach Roman Catholics even, they might be saved. And in the midst of that, Eric Holmberg, Launched an assault on our King, an assault on Jesus Christ, an assault on the gospel of Jesus Christ, an assault on the precious souls of God's saints, an assault on the precious souls of over a billion Roman Catholics, an assault on precious little babies. He was counter-reforming. He put up a picture of his grandchild being sprinkled, An unholy priest, an anti-Christ servant of Satan, a faux priest, sprinkling unholy water on an unholy, unrepentant, unbelieving baby. And pronouncing that baby born again. And saying, isn't it a beautiful thing to see regeneration before your eyes? To see a soul regenerated? To see a baby born again? And went on to defend the heresy of Rome called baptismal regeneration. Which is no baptism at all, nor any regeneration. It is lie upon lie. Who is Eric Holmberg? Eric Holmberg, from a distance, was a friend. Eric Holmberg produced the Hells, Bells, and Rock and Roll documentary exposing the satanic influence in rock and roll back in 1989. I was saved in 1990 in boot camp reading the Word of God. Shortly thereafter, as a Young man, in the midst of young men who all enjoyed rock and roll, I came across his documentary, and I found it edifying, and I shared it with other Marines and their families. We watched it together. That was my introduction to Eric Homburg. Throughout the years, he's continued to create other documentaries, most notably this documentary I hold in my hand, Amazing Grace, the History and Theology of Calvinism. It's Eric Homburg and his ministry that produced this excellent documentary full of truth. And in this documentary, you find teachers such as R.C. Sproul, Dr. Kenneth Talbot, Dr. Thomas Askell, Dr. Joe Moorcraft, Dr. George Grant, and the truths of this documentary stand But after decades of professing to believe upon the one true God and his gospel, the man behind this documentary, the man who produced it, Eric Holmberg, who is a Facebook friend of mine because he once was faithful to Christ and his gospel, he has now gone apostate. He is now an enemy of Christ. He is now an enemy of the gospel of Christ. And during the celebration, of the Reformation taking place on the internet, he was compelled to serve Satan and to be a counter-reformer and bring the false gospel of Satan's church, the Roman Catholic Church, out to all his 5,000 followers who are, by and large, people like you and I, full of pastors and evangelists and average Reformed, biblical, Calvinistic, evangelical Christians. And so I was compelled to answer him publicly. Here's my answer. Eric Holmberg's apostasy is tragic and horrifying. Many of us have appreciated him and his work for much of our Christian lives. Here is my very real and sober prayer for Eric. And I have prayed it and I encourage you to pray it as well. May God finally and truly regenerate Eric Holmberg's soul, grant him repentance of Catholicism's soul-damning sacramental lies, and grant him salvation by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ and his finished work alone. Or may God be pleased to shut Eric's apostate, gospel-blaspheming mouth quickly in a divine act of evident judgment as a warning to all, especially his family. May his wife, children, grandchildren, and all who know him personally, rise up and firmly rebuke him. May they refuse to follow him to Satan's church and hell to come. Eric has opened the Romish gates of hell in this post. Do not go through the door. Eric, I address him directly now. You're doing Satan's work as Satan's evangelist for Satan's longest-standing, most successful, soul-damning antichrist cult. You have departed from Christ. You're actively laboring to damn souls. Repent, or you will abide under the anathema of Galatians 1, 6-9, forever in hell as a God-hating idolater and an enemy of the gospel of Jesus Christ without the hope of dead sacramental works, purgatory indulgences, or others' prayers rescuing you from the due penalty of your sin. You and your family have my prayers. And then I gave a brief refutation of Eric's Catholic baby sprinkling heresy. Notice I called it a baby sprinkling heresy, not baptism. And I'm not going to preach that refutation today. I'm likely going to preach it next Lord's Day. And we will take the word of God to the heresy of Roman Catholic baby sprinkling. As Jeremiah 29 says, it's not my word, a fire and a hammer. We will take the fire and the hammer of God's word to that great heresy, that foundational heresy. But I quote the Catholic Catechism's heresy. And then I quote God's word that exposes that heresy. You do understand that heresy means soul damning false doctrine, not just false doctrine, not just error. It's soul damning. And tragically, much of the church even, they won't even use the word heresy. Who says that? Well, men who believe the gospel do. Men who believe in the one true God do. Men who love God and love perishing sinners use the word heresy. And will actually define who God is and define what the gospel is. And expose the idols and expose the false gospel and pronounce it heretical. Because they love God and they love perishing sinners. And because the word of God is clear and it commands us to do so. Praise God, Eric Holmberg replied. He replied, I'm blessed to say. By the way, social media is a wonderful place to be social. It's an even better place to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's an even better place to be a reformer. Be wary of just being social in your social circles, whether it's work, whether it's in the community, or whether it's online. You're here for Christ in all your social circles. You may not look exactly like I look. Some would say, my social media is unbalanced, meaning it's pretty much all gospel. There's not a lot of social. Well, I'm socializing in and around the gospel. That's me. That doesn't have to be you. But it shouldn't be devoid of the gospel either. Eric Holmberg's reply, and I quote, hear this, it may shock you. I truly appreciate your concern for my soul, Chuck. But I also appreciate the fact that you went all in, particularly with your, quote, finally and truly regenerate comment concerning my salvation. I've been after people who are pretty much in line with what you are saying. There are quite a few. I'm sure the numbers are going to grow. To give it to me straight, both barrels, right between the eyes, you may be the first to actually do so. Hear that again. I truly appreciate your concern for my soul, Chuck, but I also appreciate the fact that you went all in, particularly with your finally and truly regenerate comment concerning my salvation. I've been after people who are pretty much in line with what you are saying. There are quite a few of them, and I'm sure the numbers are going to grow. To give it to me straight, both barrels, right between the eyes, you may be the first to actually do so. It's that last sentence. You may be the first to actually do so. That took the Reformation fire burning in me and turned it up a hundredfold. This man is highly connected. This man's apostasy is right out in the open. He is now beyond apostate. He is now an apologist for Satan and Satan's church. It's one thing to depart from the faith. It's another to become an active defender, declarer, and definer of the faith That Satan has spawned in the Roman Catholic Church. And yet, who am I? And I am, thus far, by his testimony, the only one who has given it to him straight, both barrels, right between the eyes. That breaks my heart. For Eric Holmberg, for his wife, for his children, for his grandchildren that he now has led into Rome. It's his grandchild he's celebrating in the picture on Facebook being, quote, regenerated as the false priest sprinkles the baby in a false baptism. That burdens my heart, saints. Where are God's men? Where is God's church? He goes on, just to make sure. Then he has a list of questions. Number one, I have never been regenerated. I had all the outward indicators of being a true Christian. Some would say in spades. But inwardly, I remained a ravenous wolf who finally went out from the true church, proving that I was never truly in it. Correct? Question mark. Number two, so I didn't lose my salvation. I never really possessed it. Correct? Question mark. Number three, And if I don't repent and embrace right theology as to how Christ saves, I'm going to hell. Correct? Question mark. And then he closes. He says, thanks for giving it to me straight up. Will God's men not give God's gospel straight up when it is so desperately needed? Am I doing something heroic? I'm just doing my duty. I'm just trying to love the man. I'm just trying to love Jesus. I'm just trying to love his family. I'm just trying to love everyone in his circle of influence. You know, he went on to be a reformed pastor and now a reformed pastor is converted and become an apologist for the church of Rome. So I'm trying to love all those under his influence. And there are a great many. I responded to his three questions. I assure you, It is sincere concern, Eric. When I heard of your apostasy a few weeks ago, it came as a blow. I immediately prayed for you. When I was first saved back in 1990, I came across your Hell's Bells and Rock and Roll video and watched it with a small group of Marines. Much later in life as a pastor, I often commended and personally viewed Amazing Grace, the history and theology of Calvinism, with my church. It seems we may have interacted personally as brothers, on Twitter some years ago briefly, but my mind is fuzzy on that. It saddens me greatly that by your testimony, I'm the first man who has loved you, your family, and the body of Christ enough to, quote, go all in and give it to you straight up, both barrels right between the eyes. May God raise up true reformers with gospel clarity, a love for 1.3 billion perishing Catholics, and a holy hatred for the soul-damning filthy abominations known as Catholicism. In answer to your inquiry, number one, you have never been regenerated. Regenerate men do not deny the faith and then propagate Satan's most successful soul-damning antichrist sacramental system of works righteousness in history. You've left the apologetics group and become an apologist for Satan. You are not regenerated by the power of the Holy Spirit and your recent sprinkling with unholy water by an unholy antichrist foe priest only further damns your unregenerate soul. The seed of the gospel that was once in you has withered, burned, and been choked out. Matthew 4, verses 4 through 7. Galatians 5, verses 4 through 5. You have become estranged from Christ, you who attempt to be justified by law. You have fallen from grace. And hear me, there's a reason I'm going through this with you all, because I don't want any one of you ever, ever to fall prey to Rome's lies. I don't want your children to ever fall prey to Rome's lies. I don't want you to think you're just shifting churches, you're just moving memberships. You just decided you like chocolate donuts instead of maple frosted donuts. No, Galatians 5, verses 4 and 5 are quite clear. You have become estranged from Christ, cut off. You who attempt to be justified by law, you have fallen from grace. I must clarify, Galatians 5 is at least referring to the actual law of God. If you try to mix, as the church of Galatia was, you try to mix salvation through faith. Did did the Galatian church deny salvation through faith in Jesus? Not technically, but yes, absolutely. What do you remember from Galatians? They said yes to Jesus. They said yes to his crucifixion. They said yes to salvation through faith. And they said yes to works, to law, to dietary restrictions, to the mutilation of the flesh, circumcision. And the Apostle Paul said, look, if you're adding to Jesus in his tetelestai, his finished work, if you're adding to faith in Jesus, faith also in dietary restrictions and circumcision, then what? Then you have become estranged from Christ. You who tend to be justified by law, you will fallen from grace. Hear me, the dietary restrictions are in the Bible. Circumcision is in the Bible. They're both in the law of God. The church of Rome has made up its own law. It's not even in the Bible. They just made this stuff up. They made their own laws. They're even further from God. They are estranged from Christ because they have attempted to be justified by law. They have fallen from grace. And tragically, Eric Holmberg's post celebrating what? The law of baptismal regeneration, the law of Rome's sacrament of baptism, regenerating the dead soul, making you a member of the universal church of Jesus Christ, removing original sin. This is a work. It's a law, but it's not a work or law that God ever prescribed. Thus, they are tragically estranged from Christ because they have attempted to be justified by law. They have fallen from grace. Salvation is by grace alone, through faith alone, in Jesus Christ alone. The Galatians said yes to grace. They said yes to faith. They said yes to Jesus, but they added law. And thus they nullified grace. They're cut off from Jesus, and their faith is dead. It is not saving faith. First John 2, verses 18 through 19. Little children, it is the last hour. And as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come, by which we know that it's the last hour. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that none of them were of us. Indeed, no one loses their salvation. God is the author and finisher of the faith of his elect for whom Christ died. Why did Eric Homburg go out? Because he was not of us. He's become an antichrist. He's against Christ. Question two, my response. Indeed, no one loses their salvation. God is the author and finisher of the faith of his elect for whom Christ died. I reference Ephesians 2, 1 through 10. You he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works and the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. But God, who is rich in mercy, because his great love with which he has loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together, With Christ, by grace, you have been saved. Third, wrong. What was his statement? His statement was, and if I don't repent and embrace the right theology as to how Christ saves, I'm going to hell, correct? Third, wrong. It isn't merely about embracing right theological nuances. That's what he was saying there. It's about embracing the right God. You have succumbed to Satan's antichrist deception. You have another Christ and another gospel that is not another. Your Christ is a wafer, bodily called out of heaven every day from the throne at the right hand of God to be idolatrously worshipped and cannibalistically eaten for ongoing sacramental infused justification slash righteousness. Your Christ isn't the one mediator between God and man. He's happy to have Mary elevated to be his co-mediatrix in her, quote, salvific office. Your Christ does not exist except as Satan's great Catholic deception that has damned billions before you. But yes, unless you repent, you will abide under God's holy eternal wrath and the hell, your blasphemy, idolatry, hatred of God, and hatred of your fellow man whom you are laboring to damn with you deserves. I plead with you again with all sincerity to repent and be saved from the wrath to come. Quote, when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, taking vengeance on those who do not know God, and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, these shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. Second Thessalonians 1, 7 through 9. I close with this. I would be happy to talk with you privately. You need only ask. Until then I'll be praying for you and your family. Eternity is looming near and heaven or hell with it. There it is, straight, both barrels, right between the eyes and a bit more. So we still haven't got to what really lit the Reformation fire in my soul beyond all other things this last week. And that's Eric Holmberg's Response to another man in the comments beneath this post, beneath my response to him. And in that response, defending his apostasy and defending his false gospel, the gospel of the Roman Catholic Church that he's proclaiming, he said this, quote, and why is it Most people like you would never declare that John Wesley is an apostate and in hell. But a Catholic who essentially believes the same thing as Wesley as regards salvation is an arch heretic, a demon in human flesh and on their way to a hell that was justly created for them. And while you're at it, check out Doug Wilson's sermon, Grace with Sweat. And have the guts to be consistent and anathematize him. But you won't do that because all you know are superficial labels and Protestant tropes you've been spoon-fed, unquote. I have long been warning Christ church of the dangers of Doug Wilson, that he is an anti-Christ, that he is a counter-reformer, that he's an enemy of the gospel. And here, Eric Homburg, in defense of his apostasy, in defense of his public apology, the Church of Rome, his public defense of the heresies of Rome, he says look to Doug Wilson. He's my champion. He's my defender. Look to Doug Wilson. And you won't anathematize him. Oh no, you dare not. And oh yes, I did dare. Doug Wilson has Eric Holmberg and his families." Blood on his hands. And those that are compromising with Doug Wilson are complicit also. Those that are platforming, quoting, partnering with, defending, they are complicit also. May God grant reformation in his church. May God grant champions. Men will stand up like men and not just preach the truth of God's gospel nice and neat in a pulpit, but declare it, define it, defend it. Wield the sword. Wield the rod and the staff of the shepherd against wolves who come creeping, as Jude warns, into Christ's church with perversion and heresy while clothed with sheep's garments of orthodoxy. Let's pray. Father, this is a burden to my soul. It breaks my heart. I love these men, and I love those that are perishing under that false gospel that is being proclaimed by Doug Wilson And now Eric Holmberg too. I pray you would save Eric's soul and that of his wife, that of his children, that of his grandchildren. I pray you protect your flock from his apostasy and now his defense and declaration of the heresies of Rome. I pray, Father, you defend your church from the wolf in sheep's clothing known as Doug Wilson. I pray you'd raise up these men who have been compromised and that you grant them repentance. That Doug Wilson's name would not be found in their mouth again, except with rebuke, except with correction, except with warning. I pray, Lord, you purify your church and protect your saints, protect these children here, Lord, from the ancient deceptions of Rome that have slain so many before them. Some that are not with us now, for they have gone out, for they were not of us. And now they've been poisoned with popish doctrine, just like Eric Holmberg. Lord, protect these saints. Give them wisdom. May they hear only the good shepherds call and those who serve him. And may they flee from the wolf.